Your go-to girls, Jill Vanek and Lauren Sherwin, flip the script and give you a weekly dose of career advice, banter, and the insider office gossip. You have all heard the phrase, your go-to guy. We are Are your your go-to girls. Welcome back to the go-to girls. We are back with our second guest joining us who I am so excited to have. She's a lady. She's the lady of the night. And Maggie Neil Petrovis is joining us. She is a daughter, an amazing wife, a D1 athlete, go Hawks. She's a VP in a male dominated industry. And Maggie is like the go-to girl for like your friend group. When like you need to get everyone together. She's like the one that's shooting the tax, <laughs> making sure everyone's around. She's the organizer, but more importantly, she's a brand new mom. And she's a founder of Commodity, which is a community of moms that are doing the best they can. It's a community that's a safe space for moms and expecting moms to share, learn, listen, empathize, and know you are not alone in your motherhood journey. Welcome to the go-to girls, Maggie. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love what both of you are doing, and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So really, really excited to chat with both of you tonight. Maggie, you're one of our four uh, listeners, so we're so excited to have you all. <laughs> we're like so pumped. We are so pumped. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, well, I mean, hello to our 10 male two, listeners, 10, or one, you know, whatever male we listeners. Have. We're going to talk all things mom. So for those of you who want to become a mom, maybe struggling to get pregnant, um, maybe have frozen your eggs like myself um, or pulled the goalie, if that's not me, maybe like Lauren, um, and hoping to get pregnant, this episode is for you. And I think what's so fun about tonight, and we are just going to have a conversation and get real and raw, is that Jill, Maggie, and I are all in very different places when it comes to this topic around motherhood. So Maggie is a new mom of a beautiful seven-week-old girl, Poppy, who's made me an aunt. Jill has frozen her eggs. I've frozen my eggs. I love the name Poppy, by the way. How freaking cute is the name Poppy? I'm obsessed with it, actually. (laughs) Good job, Mags. Thank you. Me too. Good pick. And then Jill's frozen her eggs. Don't think I didn't get competitive with that. I got 16 bad boys in that freezer. Oh, how long can they last? How long long do they they last? last? Uh, Hopefully till I'm 85. I love it. Do you pay a monthly rent uh, for them? No, that's a whole other conversation. Try a grand in freezer fees a year. Stop a grand. Wow. The procedure was 5,500. Guys, this is not for the faint of heart. Those bad boys best be frozen and oh, keeping themselves together. God, I where, where are they frozen? They are at Penn. They're frozen. Okay. Um, they are. That's a and good I, place to keep your eggs. Loved it. Loved the facility. Beautiful I, institution for your eggs. Don't think I didn't ask about generators and what happens if the hospital power goes out. Maggie was a whole situation, but top wow. to bottom. All right. So we got Maggie, who's the new mom. We got Jill's who frozen her eggs. And we got me on the other hand, who's pulled her goalie a year ago yes. and was like, may the Lord open if it's for me. I and love how I said yes, as if like, I'm part of that. Like, oh, right. Yeah. You're part of my journey. <laughs> and I have been struggling to get pregnant. So I've been trying for probably a little over six months to a year, you know, now, and I have PCOS. So it's definitely been a little bit harder for me. Mm-hmm. So this infertility is definitely a struggle. So we're excited to talk all things mom tonight. And Mag first kick us off and tell us about commodity. Like how did it start? Why did it start? Like, how did you build this amazing community of women to talk about this topic? So I'm sure both of you know and have seen, it seems like there is a COVID baby boom going on. I'm not probably the only person you know that had a baby recently. So uh, in going through the new motherhood journey, 
uh, I started connecting with women that I played field hockey with growing up, or I went to college with, or um, I knew outside of college, you know, in Chicago when I lived there after I graduated, and women who I hadn't connected with in a while that we started connecting about being a mom. And I thought that there was power in that. Um, You know, you might not bond with someone for the later years of your 20s when you don't see them all the time and you don't really have a lot to connect with. And then all of a sudden you have nine months to talk about your journey. And not only that, then, you know, it doesn't stop after nine months. It almost, you know, continues and probably ramps up after that. And um, I was in these, you know, different text chains with different groups of moms, um, you know, depending on where I knew them from. And some I was in with strangers that other one, other of my friends had put together. And I started thinking about how I was having these different conversations, but really about the same thing, just with different people and how it would be so powerful to have all of these moms be able to share with each other. Because in one group, you know, one mom's talking about infertility and then another group, another mom's talking about it, but they don't know each other, but they know me. Mm. And instead of creating one large group chat, uh, where, you know, people wouldn't be engaged because they don't know who they're talking to. Um, I thought, you know, maybe I'll take it to Instagram. We'll be 20 moms and we can all talk there and that'll just be easier than my text blowing up the whole time. And what, um, when I started thinking about those 20 moms, that 20 became 40 and that 40 became 60. And I realized, holy shit, I know a lot more moms than I thought I did. And, um, then those moms shared, and I know you have shared, um, from your page as well, which thank you so much. And it's just grown from there so far. And in a week we have like 120 followers and it's not just the followers. I think it's, it's been very, very eye opening to see how many messages I've received about, I wish this existed before. Thank you for creating this. This means so much. It's so great to hear that I'm not the only one. Every, I, I would say probably a hundred of the 120 women have in some way engaged with me to say thank you. Um, and in the personal struggle I was going with, I felt like I was alone. So, you know, I'm thanking all of these women for making me feel like I'm not alone. So um, it's been pretty cool so far in, in even a week to see the results. It's amazing. And Mag, what has been for you the most eye-opening thing, I guess, when you started Commodity? Was it just the type of conversations or what people were going through or like, what's been the most eye-opening thing or why would moms go to this resource? So um, my post yesterday, so what I'm trying to do is not be like the person that runs the Instagram. I really want it to be a community. So in doing that, I'm introducing all the moms to each other and doing features um, on each mom to show you know, what each mom's struggles or journey has looked like because everyone has a different experience. Right. And my friend, Sarah, um, who by the way, hadn't spoken to her in probably 12 years other than following each other on Instagram. And, uh, she is a pretty impressive woman in New York city. She was, I think she was a 30 under 30, um, when she was 30 years old. <laughs> um, but wow. she, she had, you know, has just had a baby in February and I asked her to share her story. All I know is what I see on Instagram, which is she's gallivanting around New York city with her newborn. They are so living her best life with her stroller and doing her thing, her up a baby. And yeah, she's killing it. (laughs) And I asked, I asked her to write a story and I find out that she went through 
um, IVF when she had a miscarriage. And from Instagram, you would never know that. And so I think that's the eye-opening part is that there really is an Instagram versus reality culture happening, especially when it comes to motherhood, um, where I'm sure that we see it with celebrities too. They post every, all of their kids doing these like amazing things and these smiles and you don't see the temper tantrum that happened five minutes before that. Yeah. So, um, that definitely was eye-opening to me. Yeah. And it's just Maggie, I think you bring up such a good point in that even from my standpoint, it's just so glamorized. It mm-hmm. must be isolating. And obviously from the success of commodity, even in its inception, it's so evident. Like it has to be more isolating than people let on or that, you know, the stereotypical world would have you believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It really, it definitely is. And I think social media only perpetuates that obviously. Mm-hmm. And the idea came from, um, I was up overnight and I'm on Instagram trying to pass time because I was so exhausted. I couldn't sleep and there was nothing to see. There was no content. And I was like, wow, am I the only person that's awake right now that wants to see something new? And I thought about how these moms are also awake at night and how yeah. there's never any new content unless you follow someone that's like in Australia or something. Yeah. That's <laughs> so really been, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're I've right. been trying to cater the content, even just like posting a story so that they know I'm awake. So if they, you know, wake up that they can relate to someone and know that they're not alone. So Mags, has it been the most magical experience? Like is every day with P, the cutest little nugget in the world, magical? Like how has it been your journey? So I've definitely struggled with anxiety and PTSD. I'm still going through that. I'm going to a therapist for the first time tomorrow, um, which I'm actually excited about. And I think people would think I'm crazy for saying that, but I just feel like myself mentally. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, But magic. Yes. Are there magical moments? Of course, uh, to give Disney a shout out, (laughs) um, the the magical mouse. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but there are moments of darkness. There are moments of weakness. There are constant moments of questioning yourself, questioning, am I doing the right thing? Um, yeah, so it's hard. It is definitely hard, but everything that is a challenge and what you, the negative moments that you face, then she smiles at me or she starts laughing and it's like, okay, you know, that brought me right back to where I needed to be. So Maggie, did you second guess your desire or your need to go to a therapist and how did you find him or her? Do they specialize in post-birth? So, um, I, so if we don't talk about the anxiety, so I, um, I am anxious about germs. I'm anxious about breastfeeding. I'm anxious about leaving the house. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot that you have no experience in. Um, and you're figuring it out in real time with someone crying and looking to you for what are you, what are you going to do during a global pandemic? That too. Right. Um, so just that little thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just, uh, you know, COVID, <laughs> no you big know, deal. Yeah. No big deal. yeah. And something as small as like when people meet her, should they wear masks? And am I a psychopath for telling them to wear masks? Like it's all in my head. And so, um, that's uh, the macro what's going on. And then at the micro, it's like, is right now when I should feed her or should I change her diaper? And I, there's no rule book for what to do. So you're mm. just like, test yeah. it. And then sometimes what you thought worked and sometimes it doesn't. And then you're like, 
wait, I'm a data person. So I'm like, wait, if I had the data, I would know what I did. And how do I use the data? To Show make me a chart. Decisions? Let me use my analytical mind to see when this little nugget's going <laughs> to exactly. shit herself in her pants. I can't wait. <laughs> so, um, but yes, so I went to, when you have, give it, have a baby, you go to the doctor six weeks later and that's where they clear you for exercise, sex, tampons, mm. which I hadn't contemplated. Oh, um, didn't think of that either. Yeah. Did they tell so you, you when to just use a tampon. What do you use? Pads, diapers, yeah, you use diapers. Oh, straight up. See, diapers. Yeah. see this is all the shit. Friends. This is the shit they don't yeah, tell you. Though. No one tells you about the diet at like all my friends who've given birth are like, Jill, no one tells you about the excessive bleeding, the diapers and the ice packs yeah. and the ice packs that actually have soaking, like wicking material, like they're a pad on top of the pad. That is Stop. a that's a lot. That's a lot, Max. Yeah. That's a lot. Interesting. So I went to the doctor to um, have a six week appointment and they screen you for your mental state as well. Oh, and, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so you fill out like a form, which I know that I don't have depression. I don't have any like negative thoughts. I just have like severe anxiety, super mm-hmm. uptight. And so I was talking to her about it and she's like, well, you're very self-aware. And I was like, yeah, I know (laughs) I need to get out of my head. That's the problem. (laughs) So, um, it's a behavioral health consultant that works at the hospital that I'm talking to to tomorrow. Okay. Got it. All right. So Mag, I have a question for you. And cause I'm, I'm struggling with this and maybe you are too, Jill with freezing your eggs and like when it's the right time and everything, but you are a big VP. You have a big time job in a male dominated industry. Like, how did you know that this was the right time? And did you ever get nervous about like stepping away from your role and your job? Like, I think, I, I don't know. I just worry about this. Like I think when, everyone does. When's the right time? Like, how do you know that? Like, okay, I can step away from my career and do this. And when I go back, everything will be fine. And nannies and all of it. Like, how are you feeling about stepping away from your role? So that's a loaded question. I have a lot to answer with that. Um, first, I did not, you know, I didn't plan to get pregnant when I did. Um, okay. I had a lot of friends who, like yourself, went through, you know, over a year to get pregnant. And so when my husband and I were ready, we were like, okay, let's start trying. It's probably going to take a year because that was all I knew. And it ended up taking one month. We are very, very lucky. Oh, um, swimmers. Good for you. <laughs> Way to go, Nick. Love it. <laughs> yes. He calls himself Michael Phelps, which oh. is like it takes you to tango. Um, but there, I don't think that there's ever going to be a right time, especially in your career. So, you know, you have to do what's best for your body and your body is the one that's going to lead the charge there. So um, I was very nervous to tell my CEO because I'm the only woman on our executive team and Mm. I didn't know how that was going to be received. I'm also one of, at that point, our company was still very small and I was one of the few women that worked there. Mm. Uh, So that was one of the challenges that I ran into, but he could not have been more supportive and was really happy for me. He has two daughters himself, so he was pretty pumped. Uh, but then you, you know, you run into when does my maternity leave start? I'm in the middle of a million projects. Do I take time before I give birth? And I, I decided not to, I decided I worked until the day I went into labor. Um, not 
to be able to brag about it, but because I would rather have the days off with the baby than mm-hmm. I would any time else. Um, I mean, but that's pretty badass, girl. That you did. Well, that. it also helps that I was working from home, and right. I all you see is the collarbone up, and you can't tell that I'm busting out of my pants, and my <laughs> boobs are massive. So uh, that helped for sure. <laughs> Love it. Well, you bring up something, Maggie, that I'm always fascinated by, and that you know, you just brought up that you were anxious to talk to your boss and how would it be received? Talk to me about the differences between you and your husband, Mm -hmm. meaning do you have mom guilt, even though Poppy is only seven weeks old? Did your husband get anxious to tell his coworkers that he was going to be a dad? Like to me, I bet not. You know what I mean? Like how has that been perceived and what's been your experience with that? So I think that telling an employer is probably anxiety provoking for both parties. Uh, My husband has a super busy job as well. So he was anxious just about that meant more burden on his teammates. And um, he, Mm. they are, you know, they have busy season throughout the year. And he knew that based on the timing, it would be during busy season. And he was, uh, you know, pretty concerned about what that was going to do to his team. But we were feeling way different feelings. Um, you know, his was, he's going to take paternity leave. You know, we were blessed that his employer offers that, which right. a lot of my friend's husbands don't offer that. Which so I think so insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Culturally his company, you know, is more welcoming. So, you know, that was a huge, huge burden that was lifted off of us. Um, and thank God he was here for the first four weeks. <laughs> I don't know what I would have done without him. Um, but the mom guilt, yeah, it is, it's definitely real. Um, and I think it starts from before you have a baby too, and especially with work and, you know, I had always chosen my job over everything for a long time for the first, my, all of my twenties basically. And, um, I thought about, you know, what would happen if I would have gone a different path? And I wouldn't definitely be where I am. And luckily my husband and I didn't get married until you know, I was 30. Mm-hmm. And if we would have chosen to get married sooner, I probably wouldn't be in the position that I'm in. So I think timing is everything, but also, you know, every woman is different and I try, chose to prioritize work. Um, and now I'm going to have babies later in life and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the guilt, I think, follows you no matter what decision you choose, because a mom that chose babies earlier might be wondering, how am I going to get ahead in my career? Um, so, yeah, I think everyone's different, but the guilt exists no matter what you choose. <laughs> so, Mags, we talk a lot about priorities is a huge thing. And we see women who are like, I'm trying to do it all right. Like I'm working. I'm a mom. I am have side hustles. I'm doing all of this at once have your priorities shifted now that you're a mom? And like, how are you now prioritizing yourself and all of those priorities that you have? And like this little nugget you have to take care of. So when my best friend had her baby, she just turned two. Um, I remember she told me when she was on maternity leave, like she was contemplated, like, why would I go back to work? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking she is the most driven human being that I know. How is that physically possible? And I was like, that's crazy. I couldn't relate to that at all. I was like, so, so weirded out that she felt that way. Fast forward to now. I'm like, there's not a day that doesn't go by where I'm like, how, how am I going to leave this child and go to work? Yeah. And I totally get it now. And I think that, you know, 
of the 1 million things that this has changed about me mentally, I definitely have a lot more empathy and I have a lot more empathy for moms and what they're going through. And I think, you know, the choice to be a stay at home mom is definitely not an easy one. And I always thought, oh, they're staying at home. They have such an easy life. And Mm. that's certainly not the case. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I guess coming off of that, what has been the most rewarding part of motherhood for you? And what has been the most shocking part that you're like, I wouldn't even have thought about this. So rewarding is definitely the smiles. Like I mentioned, smiles do not get old. Also, they just started at six weeks. So I've had a week of smiles. I was just going to ask that because my friend said once she's like, until they start smiling, you're, you're like, what's happening here? Like when they smile, that's when you finally are like bonding and start to get it. Yeah. Well, and so leading up to six weeks, if they smile, it's apparently because of gas, which is interesting. It's got to rip it. Yeah. And then at six weeks, it's if you smile, then they smile back. It's called like a social smile. And so, yeah. This Maggie with the knowledge. Come on. There's a lot of time, a lot of time to learn things on your phone. (laughs) Love it. So yeah, that was definitely the most rewarding. And okay. did you say what was the most challenging? Uh shocking, Max. Shocker. Yeah. What was a shocker for yeah, you? Like, how how much you... poop can come out of a little human? See, <laughs> this Wait. kind of stuff is what we need to know. Wait, can I please tell you a story? So we had a girls' night. We like we, me, Maggie, and our friend Meg went out to watch our friend coach lacrosse. And then we went to Astia after in on the main line. Oh. Ooh, I didn't know there was a main line of Yeah, okay. there's a new main line of And hoppa. And we had some wine and some drink. And all of a sudden, P just shat herself to the point where it went up her like, front. Uh, like like her whole body. All, like a full blown. And I'm anti, like I'm Aunt Lou. So like, I'm like, Max, you want some help? Like, can I help you out here? Like, we're having wine, dinner. Like, what can I do to help? And Max like, yeah, like, like, well, well, we go into Stia. Dude, there's no changing table. You tag team this? You yeah, we tag team this, but oh, there's yeah. no changing table in Astia. So I looked at Mags as like a non-mom and I was like, wait, is that a thing? Like, I thought it's like a handicap stall where it's like, you have to. Right. But Mag, you told yeah. me like, that's pretty common. Like you go to restaurants and there might not be yeah. changing tables and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I haven't been out much. That was one of maybe what my third meal out at, for a girl's time. So yeah, um, I'm not totally familiar, but I thought it was like a legal thing. If you're a restaurant, you have a handicap ramp and you have a changing table. Yeah. Right. So poor P's got shit up her front, up her back, like so through her outfit. So put her in the same. No, we went to Maggie's trunk, laid her yoga mat down and changed her in the trunk of her car. Get out. Yeah. I mean, way yeah. to improvise, but it, I mean, she'd still be in the sink if I was there. So by the well, way, the newfound germaphobe that I am, yeah, we're not going anywhere near the trunk anyway. So I just, like never touch my child. Homegirl's not going, <laughs> we're not going near a sink with this one. Are you out of your mind? We're not going yeah. nowhere near a sink, but yeah. So the shit met that surprise. That was shocking to me that that little girl could produce that to go through her really cute outfit that she had on. Let yeah. me ask you this in terms of shocking Maggie, you talked a lot about birth story and I know on Instagram mm-hmm. that's there as well. Did you have people in your life give you the real deal before you gave birth and say, listen, it's not all roses and sunshine. Or did you go in like, Hey, I have no clue what's really going to go on. So Unfortunately, my mom and my sister both had C-sections, so I didn't have them to turn to for birth stories. Um, Of course, I've heard the birth stories, but it wasn't, I wasn't preparing for a C-section. I knew that could potentially happen and what their stories were in the event that happened, but 
um, my best friend who I just spoke about, she had had a vaginal delivery and, um, she had told me things to prepare for, but not the nitty gritty. Um, she was very much like, I don't want to scare you. I want you to go in and figure it out for yourself, which I appreciated. Uh, and there's plenty on the internet to figure out what happens. I found a TikTok video that, um, no, 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 no. What are they doing on TikTok that you found? Yeah, Please like, tell first me. First of all, TikTok's 24-year-olds. So what do they <laughs> right. know about this? What are they doing? Well, there was a TikTok video somehow in the algorithm. It found out I was a mom, even though I had just been watching dances for like a year. And um, it showed how it was like all these different shapes of what gets to 10 centimeters. And oh. it was eventually a watermelon. And I was like, okay, and now I'm not yeah. looking at anything Bye, else. Bye. Bye, TikTok. See you later. <laughs> oh my God. That's so wild. But I think you bring up a great point that um, what the post that I posted last night, I think that there are two very different women one that wants to go in blindly and figure it out. And one that wants to know everything. Mm. And I think you're entitled to your own, you know, strategy going into it. Um, now knowing what I know, I wish that I would have known more. Um, really? Yeah. I think I knew so much about the actual process and I did not know nearly enough about the recovery and, if I had, I think that would have helped my mental state early on. And I was just going to ask, you know, you're, you're probably seven weeks now. Like if you don't mind us talking about this, like, sure. where are you? You've talked about some of your, some mental status, like where mm-hmm. you are there physically, like, how do you feel? Like, I always wonder that, like, are you like ready to roll back to normal? Are you like chill? Like it feels like a different body. Like, how do you feel right now? So I feel healthy. Like, I think that there's serious power and being able to breastfeed a baby and that, you know, you're looking at a baby, you're feeding them, you're watching the baby grow. Like that is pretty cool. Like not only did the baby just come out of you, but then you're also feeding the only food that it's getting for however long you decide. And the baby is growing on just your production. That's pretty sweet. Um, Physically, I, it, it was a long road. I think I just stopped bleeding last week. Um, I was wearing diapers for literally six weeks. Yeah. No one tells you that. No one. Yeah. Um, does it hurt? Does it hurt to go to the bathroom? Yes. It hurts to do a lot of things. Um, you guys can't see us right now, but yeah, Lauren and I are like, absolutely not. (laughs) No. So I severely, um, injured my tailbone and the muscles around my tailbone and which I don't understand how that happens. I still asked the doctor last week. I was like, so how did that happen? My tailbone's in one place and everything else is over here. And, um, apparently it's from, it's common from pushing because you're using these muscles around your tailbone that you never have used before. Shit. The body is a wonderland. John Mayer, it is. Right. John Female Mayer bodies right. are a wonderland. Yeah. God, we oh, do ev- are, no, we wonderland. do everything. God, <laughs> this is not. So you're just starting to feel, and I'm doing air quotes, like normal yes. in the I, Well, so we came home when she was four days old, and that day I went for a walk. So like I've been firm on walking and staying active like that, but I have not done like a workout. Um, I helped my mom paint her house. That's probably the most exercise I've gotten, Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think I'm, it's not that I'm not ready yet. I don't have the time. When am I going to work out? Yeah. 
Yeah. No, totally. So until I get a little bit more of a routine, then I would, I would love to like whip out my yoga mat and start doing some downward dogs and stretching the bot yeah, out. Use but, it for yeah. something other than Poppy's blowouts. Right. I mean, in, the back, exactly. in the back, in the back, clean it off first. <laughs> do a little downward dog, do a little, you know, cow, cat or whatever it's called. I love it. All right, Mag, cat so cow. Our, cat cow, cat cow. Um, so our final question that we like to ask everyone that joins us on the pod is who is your go-to girl right now? And what does it mean or what characteristics of that person make them your go-to girl? Sure. So I think I'm going to do the cliche answer, which is my mom. Oh, um, BA. BA. It's also Mother's Day week. So she's fresh on the brain. Uh, Mags um, isn't going out Mother's Day week. So um, happy Mother's Day, everybody who might have celebrated three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you asked what characteristics make her my go-to girl? Yeah. Like what okay. is, why would you consider her your go-to girl? So I think in, you know, the theme of what you both are doing and especially about careers, my mom has been a super career woman. Um, I've always looked up to her for her ability to like balance being a mom to me and being a, a badass that she is. And uh, I think that I am fortunate and you know, being able to look up to a strong woman. My grandmother was also a super strong woman that she learned from. So, um, I was really excited when I found out I was having a girl because then I was going to be able to carry that to my daughter. I love um, but as far as characteristics, you know, she, she is her family's go-to person for her brother and her sister, for my dad and me, um, really for her friends. She is a support for all of them. Um, and you know, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, you said that at the beginning that I was the person that would get everyone together. My mom's that as well. Um, but more so in like a nurturing way. And I think sometimes she doesn't take care of herself because she's taking care of others. And that's just in, um, you know, her body, she doesn't know any different than that. But as far as career goes, she, for sure is the person I look to for advice. She's seen it all. She is a year out from retirement. So, um, good for her. Good for mom. mom. Way to go BA way to rock it. Um, she has a super stressful job. She figures it out and she always gives really good advice. So everyone would be really lucky to have a mom like her. Oh, such a shout out to be, I don't even know BA and I want to cocktails with BA is like the best. She's just, yeah, she's just a quality woman. I love it. Oh love God. It. Well, Mags, I can't thank you enough for you joining us today and your transparency and your honesty and your rawness around this process, yes. because I think everybody needs the commodity who's probably going through this. But I also like seeing the stories because it was great for me to see Sarah's story around infertility as someone who's struggling yeah. a little bit with that. Like it's right. awesome to have real people, real women sharing their stories. And I just think it's awesome what you're doing. So thank you for building this amazing community. And women need to support other women. And honestly, Maggie, you kind of opened my eyes too, because even maybe as a person without kids, like what are my friends who are having kids going through? How can I support them? Like how, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I I think it's all, it just comes full circle. This was great. I'll give you a pro tip. And that is if you have a pregnant friend, don't ask them how they're feeling. Everyone asks them. See? Wait, what why? Should I ask them? Yeah, what's like how who well, everyone asks them how they're feeling? So, Wait, like, I feel have, like, like, shit, that's so true. It is true. If they have like 50 friends and a family, then I mean, it got to the point where at the end of my pregnancy, I was like copy and pasting the same message. <laughs> this is the takeaway. 
this don't is text the homies. How are you feeling if you're pregnant? You just be like, what are your thoughts on Kim Kardashian? No, like, be anything like, else let's go do feeling. something. Yeah. I would more so say like, um, how's the nursery looking or, um, what are you looking forward to about being a mom or what's what cool things have you bought? Things like that, that, um, it's, it's like what you're excited to talk about besides like, I gained 45 pounds. My ankles are swollen. Right. Thanks, I feel Karen. like shit. I just I'm want this baby great. out of right. me. I can't yeah. drink. I can't eat sushi. Right. Like, leave me alone. Like, exactly. just go away. Yeah. Oh God. Great tip. Any other tips, Mags? Like things that we should be doing for our pregnant friends or our mom friends? Um, I think, you know, you're great at this, but just like being there and the company is what you need at the beginning. Like, mm. I literally was just like, can someone just come and sit in a room with me? You don't have to take care of the baby. You don't have to do anything. I just want someone to talk to because I feel like I'm alone. And that's great. Cause I feel like from the outsider perspective, it's like, they're doing their thing. I don't want to interrupt. Like they're probably in a flow. Like this is really good to hear. No. Yeah. The company. And I told my dad this cause he came over and he's, he's older. And so he's not like super functioning with all the things around the house like my mom can do. And he's like, I feel like I'm not helping at all. Can I mow the lawn? Yes. And I was like, dad, I could care less what the lawn looks like. Just sit here and talk to me. Right. Just hang out. Just hang out with me, buddy. I just need some love. Well, Max, how can our listeners get involved with Commodity? Where can they find it? Like where are the different ways they can engage with it? Sure. So it's, if you take the word community and you put mom in instead of mun, uh, it's at commodity and an underscore on Instagram, uh, you can follow along. I would love if you DM'd me and said how you heard about it. Um, you know, we're fe- trying to feature every person that is involved in the commodity so that everyone can share their own story and, um, would love to hear from everyone so I can get you involved and have you introduced to the great network that's out there. Oh my God. I love it. And we will post Kamamity, the Instagram and all the links on the awesome. show description. So um, listeners will be able to find that. Yeah. And yeah. Maggie, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Thank you for being our first female guest on the go-to girls podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'd love to come back when, um, when I'm back to work too, so we can talk about that transition and what that's like. Great. We'll schedule that. Yeah. You're booked girl. We're already booked. (laughs) You're not even penciled in. You're pending. Yeah. Booked girl. You can't leave a meeting without action items. So, Oh, (laughs) I mean, so true. So true. Well, here's your action items. Everybody. We need you to go check out the go-to girls podcast on Instagram. Visit the website at gotogirlspodcast.com. Subscribe, rate our podcast, review it. It helps us get up to Joe Rogan level. Show us some love. We're on all the podcast platforms and we'll see you guys next time. See you guys next time, Mag. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Have Bye, a good night. everyone. Bye.